by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Hello and welcome to Being Green. I'm Glynis Crook. It was when I was driving into Cape Town along the N1 earlier this week that I saw for the first time, and from a distance, the real extent of last month's fire. Just how much of the mountain was black all over and, and how incredibly close the fire came to so many people's homes. As we've heard, 11 structures were destroyed or damaged in the blaze, including several historic buildings and UCT's Jagger Library. And much of the focus naturally has been on the impact it had on the university, its students and other people across the city. But what about the mountain itself? It's estimated that around 600 hectares or close to 1,500 acres of land burned in the blaze. Vegetation there is part of the unique Cape Floral Kingdom, which is recognized by the United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organization, UNESCO, as a World Heritage Site. Well, Professor Hubert Gazen, the Regional Director for UNESCO Southern Africa, visited both the university and the Cape Floral Region protected areas on Tuesday of this week. He spoke to me shortly afterwards and gave his assessment of the damage. Yeah, of course, the, the recent devastating fires were world news. And since the fires affected the UNESCO World Heritage, it became also news that is very important for us as UNESCO. I was able to visit two sites. Today, I was taken by the Table Mountain uh, Park managers to the affected areas and could see really the devastation of the fire on the natural environment and the trees, but also on the infrastructure, on buildings. And then in the afternoon, uh, we visited the university, UCT, where, as you know, the, the library building was heavily affected. And from the morning visit to the park, where we got an explanation as to how this uh, fire evolved, uh, it was clear that the impact uh, has been very, very much unpredictable in a sense that uh, these fires uh, were actually uh, spread further by the strong winds. And also where usually you may see a fire spread over the ground and via the vegetation. In this case, it really was spread via the tree tops and, and the wind. And, and at the university, you could see this very well. There were some buildings affected and just next doors, it was clean. There was no impact at all. In terms of the vegetation, what you saw up in the Cape Floral Kingdom, how bad are things looking? Well, in terms of the vegetation, of course, these fires uh, fires happen regularly. So this is not a unique experience. Maybe what made it uh, a bit unique was the combination of weather factors and the way the fires spread, as I explained. So not typically over the ground, but via the treetops and then the wind really making the fire jump. And it was interesting to see that even the, the main road that passes on the edge of the park, uh, the fire crossed that main road. So that must have jumped some 70 meters or so. And you see that this time the, the fire spread in a very different uh, manner than, than before. I was impressed by the park managers, how they have really uh, addressed this. Of course, a fire like this, uh, you can't stop it immediately, uh, but it has been contained. 
And now investigations are, are going on. And uh, I think we need to draw lessons uh, from that. I was going to ask you, talks today included a look at measures to avoid future disasters of this kind. What came out of the discussions? Were there any important points that were noted? Well, I would comment on the two sides I visited because the university, the impact was, was quite a different one on the archives. But let me start with the natural park. And uh, as I said, these kind of fires, they happen, uh, especially at the end of a dry season. There's always lessons to be learned from each and every incident. Um, I think what the report and, and the investigation will look into is, of course, uh, what triggered it, what was the cause of it. That is one, what lessons can be drawn there, but also what can we learn and then transfer to other natural sites, World Heritage sites in the region in terms of disaster management and prevention. Did anything concrete, however, come out of the discussions? Was anything concrete said about we should do this or we should do that? Well, what what is clear is that the investigations are ongoing. So they, they, we need to await the results of the investigation, which look into the origin of the fire, uh, of the the fire, what caused it, uh, and how was it handled, how was it managed. Uh, you you can't uh, uh, go up front with measures if you don't fully uh, understand, understand the, cause. The, the cause and the extent of the. Of the damages. For the minute, the focus really, and sticking with the environment now, we'll get to UCT in a minute, but the focus for the minute is on the rehabilitation of the vegetation. What role, if any, will UNESCO play in this? Well, I first wanted to check with the management of the park, whether they have the expertise available, uh, and, and South Africa has a lot of expertise in this area, but I offered uh, if there are certain gaps in expertise uh, that, that we can uh, come in and use our uh, worldwide network of experts. I was happy to learn, actually, that the park managers already have their own network as well. There were, for instance, examples of relations that they have and interactions they have had in the past years with with park managers in the United States and elsewhere. And I think this is very important uh, because these kind of uh, natural disasters, and even if they were man-made, they happen also elsewhere. And there is lessons to be drawn and to be shared. I know, of course, this isn't an environmental issue, and you mentioned UCT, and it's something obviously that is very close to the hearts of all Cape Tonians. I know that UNESCO works closely with countries and organizations across the world to digitize their historic and cultural records and other important documents. Will UNESCO be assisting UCT with the future protection of these very special collections that we have? Yeah, this is, of course, something of concern to us. I was interested to hear that UCT already had advanced quite uh, much into the digitization of the the archives. This, in fact, is part of a UNESCO program uh, which is entitled uh, Memory of the World. And and the title says it all. It focuses on, on vulnerable archives, documents, but not only paperwork, it is also about artifacts or film and audio, which is of historic value, which is unique and oftentimes only available in a single copy. In fact, we had already a year ago, we were organizing a regional Sadek White specialist event, experts event, to be hosted here at UCT. Unfortunately, we had to uh, postpone this because of the COVID pandemic. 
That was Professor Hubert Gazen, the Regional Director for UNESCO Southern Africa, who I spoke to on Tuesday, shortly after he'd visited both the University of Cape Town and the Cape Floral Region protected areas to assess damage following the devastating fire last month. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of Being Green. Until next time, from me, Glynis Crook, take care and goodbye. Being Green was brought to you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. If we condense the history of Earth into 24 hours, then we've been around for a few seconds. A short time to create havoc, yet long enough to know that we have the power to make a difference to our planet. It starts at home from the moment we wake up and turn on our energy-saving light bulbs. Switch on to a sustainable world with Galinda Moser from Remax Living, our passionate and proud sponsor of Being Green on Fine Music Radio. Every-